And we are recording. I'm here with Robert and Jane. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing yeah, really good. good. Happy to be here. So you guys are on a little uh, holiday vacation in San Diego? Yeah, a little bit of business, a little bit of holiday. Went, went to, need to go visit my mom. My mom's not well. She's uh, in her late 80s, and so we need to visit her as we got the time. So She's up in Orange County. Yeah, she's in uh, Huntington Beach. Oh, okay, is that where you used to live then? No, actually, I was born and raised in Torrance. Torrance, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah. I literally miles from the start of all this BMX stuff. Yeah, well, we'll definitely get. And that's it. how I, you know, I used to go to action all the time and hang out and things like that. And that's how yeah, I met Bob and things like that. You got some real history. Well, it's really funny because I wasn't the all star racer at all. I was, and especially at the time I came up, I'm racing Pattersons and you know uh, Miranda. Uh, all those guys that were around at that time, uh-huh. all the fast guys, was in my class. Right. And pretty much when my class, like when I started, I think it was 13 and over, and I was 13 or 14. Mm-hmm. And then when it, when it went to 14 and over, I was still there. Then it went 15 and over, and I was, so I never, there was never a space where I was behind, so I was always with all the fast guys. Mm-hmm. So I hardly made mains back in those days. But I was always there. Uh-huh. People knew who I was. Uh-huh. And I was respected, you know, so that was good. And then in like 77, late 77, early 78, I met Howie. Uh-huh. And Howie kind of brought me into like a family. It felt more like a family. And this is Howie Cohen, right? Yes. And so because my house was about a mile away from this dairy. Uh-huh. And I used to ride back and forth to the dairy because I loved chocolate milk. <laughs> I loved chocolate milk. And they had the best chocolate milk. And one day I was riding through there, and I just glanced over to this one warehouse. And there's all these BMX bikes in there. And parts and stuff. So I'm the nosy kid. Yeah. I roll through there, and in the, in the uh, office, I know that lady. I know who she is. So I walk in, I... I said, hi, Kay, and that's Howie's wife at the time, but I didn't know that then. Mm-hmm. Kay was, her son uh, played soccer, mm-hmm. and I played soccer, and he was there, she was there. And when I walked in, I talked to her, and then Howie came walking around the corner, and his big voice, hello, I'm Howie Cohen, you know, and mm-hmm. he talks to me, and he goes, I said, he saw my BMX bike, he goes, do you race BMX? I said, yeah. He goes, come in. And he shows me this warehouse full of parts. And he goes, what are you doing? And he goes, nothing. He goes, you want to help? I said, yeah. So my first job basically there, if you remember, we'd have the bent uh, uh, brake levers. Yes. All those brake levers came to America straight. Oh, so you was the bending guy. I would bend them and put the sleeves on them. Oh. Bend them, put a sleeve on, throw it in a box. Bend it, put a sleeve on, throw it in a box. I'm sure I've used a few of those and that you did. Yeah, I mean, I did thousands of those. And then I started packing orders and then then just uh, so anything was, that needed to be done, I did. So you was perfectly like working in a candy store then, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And then he saw my bike was kind of raggedy. He goes, take one of those new power lights. Wow. So I, I got a, a brand new power light from him. And then uh, the torquers came out. He goes, you want a torquer? So I rode a torquer for a while. Wow. And then the cool came. Mm-hmm. And that, that's when I think it all exploded. 
Well, let's hold that because I want to get into the whole Kuara, okay. obviously ET. Um, that was my first bike, actually, Kuara. I wanted a Kuara ET so bad. Did you? Oh my god, yeah. I still, you know, we all look at the old stuff still, but obviously I was looking at all the stuff last night, knowing you were coming. Those Kuara ETs still look good. Mm. You know, the V bars and yeah. uh, I, I see. You know, you look at a rally burner, you know, you know it's a piece of crap. You know, when you, even though yeah. we we have yeah. heritage and we like it and love the name, but. When you look at a Kawara, all that Kawara stuff, I yeah, I never had it, but the gear and just it was it was just magical to look at, you know. Yeah. Jane, your history. First of all, for the ones that don't know, BMX racing officially um, the first national year in England was 1981, and you are the national champion from 1981. I know. So tell sense. us a little bit about how you found BMX, how you got into it. Um, I was just. You know, trying to sort of uh, sort of work back where it all started. Um, I mean, my dad um, opened one of the first BMX shops. In Mr. Hotshot. Mr. Hotshot, Les. Sadly, not with us, but his legacy is, mm -hmm. is still here today. Um, and he, we, we used to be into, like, my brother was grass track. Well, he was, like, champion. Mm -hmm. And my dad just saw these, this something on this bike and, mm. like, you know... Um, and that's really how it all started. My brother started, you know, we went to a race. I think the first race we went to was um, Buckmore Park. Mm-hmm. Been about to, 80 then, 79, 80? Yeah, we had to, I think the track was so muddy, we had to go on the um, the go-kart track. That was next door, right? Jumps. Yes. Yeah, which, you know, um, we all had our paper plates and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that's really where it started. He, he opened... A, the shop in Kidlington. Uh -huh. I just remember the build-up to. I was still obviously at school. There's an, an iconic picture of the the first hotshot team outside this shop, and there's me in my school uniform, right? <laughs> my skirt on a bike. <laughs> but um, I just remember people saying, "No, nah, that that never catch on." They were like, "All the locals, no, nah, that they're too, you know, they're too small. They're just for kids." And we're playing these these video that was going round and round, of, and it's the one of Stu Thompson. Right, it's yes. A massive guy on a little bike, and people are, mm -hmm. oh, that'd never catch on. But I don't know, my dad was really sort of forward thinking, and he saw that, and he knew. And he went over just on his own to a, a show in, in America. Mm -hmm. I think it was Interbike. And he'd already got a name for himself, Hot Shop. You know, people knew. And he, I remember him saying, he said, I went to this show and I went on like the Japanese area where all the Japanese, and he said I was mobbed. Wow. People were saying, hot, hot shot, and Mr. Window, hot shot, you know, yes. come here, we want to speak. Um, they wanted then, to get their products into England, right? Obviously. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. one of them was Tioga and he literally just ordered a container. He didn't really know what he was ordering, but he ordered a container of parts. Uh-huh. And, and and that was it. And then we moved from the little tiny shop, we moved just a few doors up in Kidlington, which there's so many people that came to that store. It's, again, iconic. And then he started doing, like, distribution because shops were saying, you know, bike shops, we want to get in on this. And, and that's really sort of how it started. But, you know, Robert, I mean, is, is probably even more clued up on some of the, the, the early UK stuff, you know, but I... I I look back on some of the videos, like mm -hmm. vlogs and... I mean, amazing teams, team. hot shot. You know, you guys had the Redline Factory team. You had Patterson. Yeah. So, I mean, just that alone. Okay, Patterson, Tom Lynch. Tom Lynch, Unbelievable. Yeah, the O'Connor yeah. brothers. Yes, yeah. You know, and then yeah. Redline, which was, a, you know, was kind of a dream team of England at the time. Sergey Nichols. Yeah. Uh, Nicky Dalton, Dalton. Big Nick Dalton. 
Um, you know, then obviously Dave Dawson was involved. His yes. dad was team manager for your dad. Yeah. And then obviously the big signing for you is when Geth Shooter, you know, blew up in uh, the end of 84. And then you amazing. guys signed him up or Pete, Pete Dawson well, signed Pete, him up. Pete Dawson, I mean, he was a, an amazing team, team manager. He was just... And he was really laid back about it, but he he had the same sort of insight. He would see riders, yeah. And he would, and you know, hats off to him. Sadly, no longer with us. No, but, um, you know, the the teams. Oh, absolutely, really down, yeah. And say him. when Goth Geth got on as well, you know, obviously that's when Geth was blowing up, turned pro, and then you know the rest is is history, you know. But yeah, just and that's just a a little part of those early hot shots. And obviously that's when the magazines were booming. So you guys were all over the magazines, BMX Weekly, BMX yes, Action Bike, yeah. BMX Racer and Freestyler. And uh, still saw a little, somebody posted something. It was a little um, advert and it was a hot shot BMX and it was the Kidlington. And one of my dad's first adverts was, um, come come travel to us and buy your BMX bike and we'll pay your petrol. Oh, wow. Pay your gas money. Yeah. And I mean, that just, we had people coming from all over the country. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Imagine doing that now. No. <laughs> <laughs> You'd go broke. Yeah. So you yourself, like I say, you started racing, you had a good career. So yeah. national number one, tell us a little bit about what you remember from your race days. Um, Always look factory, by the way. We've been looking at some old pictures, you know, oh. you're on a, one, one picture I've got you sitting on a nice decked out red line and I was talking to Paul Roberts last night who also wrote for you guys for a little while he said you he thinks you had a Bassett at one point as well oh, I th well Bassett was actually my first well Kuhar was my first bike but um, I me and my dad we went over to California again to a show we went to I think I think it was Ascot or somewhere like that and I actually raced and the guy from Bassett there um, he was we got chatting to him he said I want to sponsor you. He said, my factory is just around the corner. Meet me there. And he, he just gave me this this new bike. You know, it had the, was it the swoop, swooper? The swooper. Um, he said, I'll get you some race, you know, race gear with your name on, which I got the shirt and it never sort of quite fitted. So it <laughs> didn't. Um, but yeah, had Windle on the back. And, and that's, and again, Bassett is just, uh, such an iconic yeah oh yeah and it's still looks good in pictures now it's still yeah they're yeah. making a comeback uh, they, i think i've seen the big bikes already yeah, yeah flying yeah. around on on instagram they and stuff. actually have a bmx team right now so so who's is it the same people then or no, someone that's been no, rebought no. it's whoever someone i think it's ward bassett's cousin or something i know it's related the family's related yeah in there somewhere uh, and it's they're still making bikes, but I don't know who's actually making. I think Sal's making the bikes. Right, yeah, he's making making a lot. And you actually came out because it's on on the TV on on the YouTube. Um, you did the Jag World Championships as well, didn't you? The yes. one in Las Vegas, right? Yeah. I think Chico Hooks are there as well. And I was interviewed. Yes, yeah, that's what. Yes, um, I totally remember I that. I didn't see that for that was. Like, I sent it to her. Oh, right, I seen that a long time ago. That was yeah, dormant for a long time because I always used to sort of like right. cringe and stuff. But yeah, we we came out and just did a did a race there, and I was really good friends with Rennie Roker uh -huh. from Jag, um, and he would always say. There's an English girl, come, you know, come over. Yeah, there, yeah, he was a promoter, wasn't he? And stuff, so, yeah, that's still still surfacing today. Yeah, she's to say, you know, some really early 
early days, a lot of magazines, you know, coverage and stuff in the UK. And yeah, you got number one. So you would have been racing with Debbie Scott Webb probably? Yeah, uh, uh, originally we we were just the girls were the girls, powder puffs they obviously called us. And I used to race with Debbie and as I... Alice Temple. Uh, I, I did, never really got to race. She kind of came as you left then, right? Yeah, because they split the group then. They right. had the junior girls and had the senior girls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, me and Debbie, we used to clash. Right. I remember Ipswich, Lancia Park. Which is still there. She was on. I was on gate one. She was. She was um, gate eight, and her dad was the referee. Right. And we both came out, and we just went like to the first jump, and we we crashed. And there was just such a... Her dad was going mad, saying, you dirty rider, and said, she hit me. And... Right. I think girls racing, even back then, my sister, she was aggressive. She came in a couple of years after you, and then yeah. going on to the Olympics and the Worlds, watching it like, girl racing is no joke. From back in the day to right now, you know, they it, we were, get yeah, after we it. Were yeah, stroppy, yeah. Stroppy little Yeah, girl, yeah. There's definitely a lot of uh, ego involved, isn't it, with, yeah. the, with the ladies. That's why I love watching the uh, mixed opens. Right. It, now... Because the boys hate when the girls beat them. Right. And the girls beat them 85% of the time. Yes, yes. Some fast girls. Yeah, and it's funny because they're so proud when they do it too. Right. They're like, see, I kicked your butt. Right. <laughs> Sarah J. Nichols, I remember for some, I think the first time she raced, she had this old bike and this funny helmet and stuff. And I think she had to race with the boys for some reason because there was no girls. Mm-hmm. And she... She flew. Yeah, yeah. People were like, you know, and there was like nothing to her. Right. You know, and she had these big braces on to hold her you know, pants up and stuff like that. And I think she she's just really iconic for the, the movement forward for girl racing. Absolutely. As far as being yes. as good as the boys. She took it to the next level, I think, even back then. And obviously, we all seen the remember and, and see the video when she won the Worlds in Slough in 86. She'd already won the Europeans and obviously already dominating in England. And then obviously, I think it's between her and Karen Murphy. And Karen Murphy was out front. Sergey got a bad start and just blew yeah. through the field and passed Karen Murphy down the last straight and became world champion. So... Um, yeah, she was an amazing rider, wasn't she? She yeah. won a lot of stuff in a short short period she of time. She rode for us for a long time as well, and her brother, Michael. Yeah, Michael was good as well, wasn't he? Was yeah. Good. Yeah. yeah, he was, you know, a little trooper. And, but we were really close with the family. And mm-hmm. I mean, we all used to go everywhere. I mean, my dad paid for everybody to go over to Las Vegas. And there was Tom Lynch, there was... So you guys did the next Jaguar Championship, and the one in Vegas, right? So you did the one in Vegas, but then you did, you did, the, did the Burbank we, as well? No, we did... The, it, they did Indy. Right, okay. Then they did Vegas. Uh-huh. And you you came for the next one. I think there was two Indies, right? Yeah, there was one time where my dad brought everybody over. But that, right. was the, that was the Vegas one. Okay, got it, got it. Yeah, and because we, I think you came on your own to Indy. I came with my dad. Oh, yeah, that was my first uh, event in America was Indianapolis. Okay. Uh, me and my dad, you know, came. I just remember getting off the plane and it was like winter. It's like, ah, oh, it's so cold. I had, I don't know whether I had a, oh. No. I wrote to, I wrote to Kuhara. Mm-hmm. I've still actually got the original transcript where I was trying to like write it in Japanese. Right. I wrote because I thought everything, by, you know, and I wrote to the team manager and said, I'm coming over to America. That was you? I'm number one. Well, I was the one... Letters would come in, stuff like that. I needed a book. And I would look at them, and I think I went... Right. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I needed a bottle. I, I think I dropped it in the bin. I know. So, so. right, he lost his first chance. Right. But uh, I don't know what bike I rode, but it was it was on the jumps, it was ramps, and it was we everybody was spraying, spraying like hairspray on tires and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And so that was really my first. And I think I did place somewhere, but I don't know. I don't we'll know have to go look in the archives. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you guys, you guys met back then, right then? So you guys kind no, of... No, no, it's the, pretty much, we didn't meet till I left and went, was working for Jim Van Dorn for Awesome Shoes. Mm -hmm. And her dad was distributor of Awesome Shoes. And I got this phone call. Was that mid-80s then? 85, 86. Okay. It's probably 86. And she called and they, they were coming to America for the Reno Bike Show. Well, it's just me. Okay. Okay. And I don't know. She got hooked up with Jim to at, for me to take her to Reno Bike Show. So basically, I took her to the Reno Bike Show. We hung out for that week. Uh-huh. And that's when the drama starts. <laughs> On the way home, I like to drive fast. Right. And this was, I had a flight to catch the next day. So it was five or six hours drive. It, yes. So we got on the road. And I'm hauling ass down the road, and we get to Independence, California, and I see a nice red light, and they pull me over. So I'm thinking, oh, I had a ticket. So he comes over, and he gets all my information. He gets takes it to the car, and then he comes back. Can you come with me? Sits me in the car. He said, hey, buddy, we have a warrant out of Orange County for you. Excuse me? So I'm going to have to arrest you. What? <laughs> so at that time, Jane, it's here. She doesn't drive in California or nothing. Pretty much the cop, I guess, told her, you know, he's going to jail and you can take oh. the car. This was his mom's car as well. Yeah. And so here's the funny part. I'm in the back of the car. Jane got in the car, the driver's side, and this cop took off like a bat out of hell. Oh. She... <laughs> All I remember is him, her chasing the car down, and when we got to where the jail is, which is this little seven, half mile area that's the town, Independence, pulling the jail, I think I was screaming, help me Jane, help me, <laughs> and she was more yelling, you fucking wanker, I'm going to kill you, <laughs> you know? and they took me in, I didn't know what happened to her. They put her in, there was a cafe or something? Yeah, I was there most of the day, and uh, Jim Van Doren sent his son up from Los Angeles to come pick me up. Right. And then put me on a flight. So he made you fly? Made me fly, yeah. But I never, and obviously there's no cell phones. No, no. No Facebook. Nothing. You know, I mean, I, you know, just never heard. He says he was looking for me. But then I thought, I thought today, I said, well, why didn't you, like, look me up on the internet for Hotshot BMX, he could have phoned no my dad. No internet then. The first year I came to America, and that was the early 90s, you know, I was here for three months and I got a letter from my mom after like you know, two, <laughs> two months, like, just checking you're still alive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like you just didn't communicate back then, you know? That's so funny. How, yeah. how long were you in? You, so I got on plane. Oh, here's another good story about that whole thing. That ticket was a bicycle ticket. Riding on the pier at Huntington Beach. Right. It's BMX. 
when they didn't know that because back then there was no computers or nothing to look up what it was. They right. just said Warren out of Orange County. Yeah, and that was it. It was a $30 Warren. Ugh. Okay. So, three day, four days later, they put me on an airplane, fly me to Orange County. Oh, my God. Walk me into jail, run me through the system, and walk me out the back door. That's it. Bye. Have a nice day. What a waste of time. The guy that was up to, uh, driving the plane, that he was, you were laughing with him because he couldn't, he said, I can't believe. Yeah, because he had the paperwork and he's like, we're, it's a two-seater plane. Right. I'm sitting here, he's sitting here. And we're talking and he goes, so what was the warrant? And I said, I haven't a clue. And he right. goes, hold on. He pulls out the paper, he starts, and he looks and he starts laughing. <laughs> and I'm like, what's so funny? Right. He goes, hold on a second. And he, he talks to somebody, and the other guy starts laughing. And then he goes, it's a bicycle ticket. What an absolute waste of time for everybody involved. <laughs> it literally cost, because they said it probably cost them 20 grand for the, the, all yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. they did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Private flying as well, you know? Uh, Cannot be cheap. Like, oh, my God. So, yeah. So, I, uh, I lost my job at, uh, at Awesome Shoes. So I literally got out of the industry and left and went to work what I did all the time. I was an appliance technician. I fixed everything, washer, dryer, refrigerator, just washer, microwave ovens. I can fix anything. And so I did that for a couple of years, still riding my bike at the local track. And we moved to Palm Springs and I started riding more and more. And it must have been about 15, 20 years later, I had gotten a divorce. And somehow I saw a post and it had her name in it. Mm -hmm. And it was like, I know that person. Where do I know that person? Right. And I don't know if you messaged me or I messaged her. I think I was in Texas. There was a picture of me sat on this uh, elephant or something like that. Something. And then, so we got in touch with each other. Mm -hmm. And we haven't been, we've been... First, it was just communicating through Facebook and stuff. Yeah. Then it was like, no, you need to come here. And she came here. And we pretty much knew that she needed to stay. It was over. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it's really funny because I've told this story about being arrested and this little English girl. That right. Goes, hate my guts. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And I was always saying, you know, I wish I could find her again just to apologize. Right. Know? And then it, the way it worked out, it was so strange. Yeah, know? yeah. It's connection to BMX I, as well, you I know. Told him to, I told you to F off, didn't I? I? Yeah, but I think in a nice English way. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, before we get into the whole ET thing, Kellogg's. I wanted to hit on Kellogg's. Kellogg's. So, obviously, Hot Shot, Red Line, just huge. You guys, I think even, did you win the... Win the overall one year? We did, yeah, yeah. I mean, we was, you know, Robert watches a lot of the old Kellogg's and stuff, and he still today says... Why weren't you there? I can never. I'm always looking for you, and I, I just said I'm. I was either at school because mm -hmm. I went to a school in Oxford, or I said I'm at the burger van eating. It was very know. limited riders as well. You yes. know, like one right. You know, I think they they televised 13s, 14s, 15s, 16s, 17 plus superclass, and then yeah. pro. So to even get on one of those teams, yeah. you guys probably had Sarah Jane on 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 a team without even uh, really thinking about it, which obviously you did, because I know she won the Kellogg's. Yeah. Um, but I think you guys did, Hot Shot did win. Yeah. You, you guys yeah, all rally, I think. Some great yeah. And again, you know, Pete Dawson, he just had a... The teams, a yeah. team, you know, he just 
had it down to a T. Paul Clarkson from Nottingham, he was on your guys' yes. team for the Kelloggs because he won around, yes. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I even like watch it today and like, you know, some of the hot shot, I mean, I just knew them all and there was Mark White, I think he was... He was on the hot shot and um, Ian Mason, I think, might Ian have been. Ian Mason, yeah, he because Paul Gray, rest in peace. I know. Paul yeah, Gray, yeah, he was. He was. He was a good rider. Redline guy, yeah. yeah. I think he's a little bit overshadowed because he was the same age group as Geth. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, he actually went yeah. on to win a superclass race at the Kellogg's. You know, but, so you know, with the hot shot, one of the the amazing things is like every sort of area had their own hot shot team. Mm-hmm. My dad would supply all the shirts. There used to be hot shot Solihull, uh-huh. hot shot Birmingham. Then we had Southwest. You know, there was like little groups of yeah, yeah, like sub teams. You see some of the really old pictures, and there's a group picture, and you see oh, there's a hot shot shirt and. Mickey you know. Gill was big on you guys, right? Right. Yes. He won a lot of stuff in the younger age groups. Yeah, yeah, he took him to. He came to Las Vegas with us. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. yeah, great rider. Yeah. yeah. Battled with Matt Boyle a lot. Yeah. So no, so great just, teams. Just, Did you guys see a spike? Because obviously Kellogg's was eighty four, eighty five. That's when BMX was probably at its peak in the UK. And you guys, all that TV coverage and stuff, and obviously on top of all the magazines, did you guys, like, like was business great then, or...? It was, I mean, you know, my dad used to say, I mean, because basically I came straight from school, I, my dad said, I paid you, I paid for you to go to the best school in, in Oxford, girls' school, and, <laughs> you know, you, you don't want you to go on a university, but I thought, Dad, you know, you've got a business. Yeah. You know, and I straight, I went straight from school, 16. He sat me down with a telephone and some, he said, we got a um, container red line or something coming in. Mm-hmm. These are the people that want it. These are the shops, phone them. And that, that was it. That was. So you, you were know. doing all that stuff in the background. Doing, then, yeah. Yeah. You know, so I, I sort of progressed really with, you know, son into the Yeah. The business side of it. Like See, that's why your racing probably took a back seat then. Cause you're yes. obviously busy doing that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But. I never used to train much. So. <laughs> well, I didn't think anyone back then. It was training. More, more, just ride your bike, you yeah, know. It was more of the, no, I was, the thing. I was, you know. Um, yeah, there's still a story about containers with her dad. There's a container at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, it's sunk. Et et bike. Oh, what about container? That was. Do you remember Gecko? Don't wear about. Yeah, yeah. Go look for it. Somebody go look at Gecko. Yes, they were huge. Yeah, yeah. There was a within their timeline. There, there was a container that fell off. Oh, wow. bikes in so it. Gecko did Redline, because Stu did Red, Diggins. Yeah, Redline. Uh, they did. They originally did Kuwahara. Okay. Um, Kuwahara got pulled for some reason. I don't know why. Yeah. And I think it was just money. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, I remember Stu on Redline, yeah. Before yeah. Because he, he was Kuwahara as well, yeah. Cause I, think, I think Redline started on um, Redline, then I think he went to Kuwahara. But yes. obviously he dominated years, years oh, of racing yeah. as well, you know, so... Yeah. Definitely. Iconic team, and let's say Brandon, you in the background. You were young as well, probably doing all that stuff, you know. So. I was, yeah, yeah. Sixteen. Sixteen. But I learned, I learned a lot. I think that's sometimes when you just, you're just dropped into it. Yeah, yeah. Sort of just get on with it. Yeah. Um, but then we had we had Pete, Pete Daw- Dave Dawson was working in the warehouse. Pete Dawson was team manager. He was it, you know, he was in the warehouse in this little tiny thing in Gidlington. Yeah. <laughs> we were all on top of each other. But um yeah, but then I'm just trying to think what the, the we had all that coverage and stuff, um, Kellogg's. 
But then BMX died just overnight. I think, it, yeah. Absolutely. It, well, it, just, it just, well, it, the word's not died, but it definitely took, it, it, it went out the, out the, like I said, I was on, on mainstream TV and, yeah. and with all the mags and stuff. It definitely went more underground, I think, as you moved into the late 80s, early 90s, and that's where a lot of people disappeared. But uh, that's when I was started to, you know, I was on my up thing then, yeah. so I was still always involved. But it definitely, yeah, the media and it was, kind of went, kind of went black and white for a little bit. You we know, we had containers yeah. on the water, redline mm. bikes, you know, that were coming in and and just it just the phone. My dad's always said the phone just stopped ringing. Yeah, it was it was that, you know, that quick. Um, yeah, and unfortunately, hot shot. We had to close. Mm-hmm. We lost. You know, my dad lost his house, family house, and everything. You know, mm-hmm. and we again had to start. Start again. Start up from scratch, but yeah. we always we're survivors. We always get back. Well, you huge British. You know, I'm, you know me. I'm a nerd on all the old English. I love all the old stuff. Yeah. Um, but you definitely a huge part of the this very start. You know, yeah. it's uh, say you look through those BMX Weekly. BMX news uh, newspapers, not even magazines. You I mean you're I all over them? I love it when yeah. that, that BMX week. I think it came out on a Friday. Yeah, and I, I just used to love it because you yeah. Used to well, you're in there a lot. I've got those, and I'll show you when we finish. Yeah, oh, wow. yeah. So John Higginson, you know, I don't think he, twenty years ago he gave me a briefcase. He said, "I know these will you oh, do wow. do the right thing with these," and I've kept them all along. And I still tell him once or twice a year, like, "Let me know when you want them back. I got them." He says, no, because I know you like to post stuff on that and it's good that it's out there. But yeah, I've got every, every well, issue. Robert's always saying, there's, there's never any photographs. Yeah. You can't find, you know, find any. I've got, the, I've got everything. Well, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. We need to find some because... We'll go into my little room after and she, I'll show you. Yeah, she come, you go into our house, there's photos everywhere. Mm-hmm. But they're 99.9% of me. Right, and yeah. I've, I've taken some of her photos that I've found right. and blown them up and put them on the wall. Yeah, I've got a lot of stuff. But yeah, huh? I literally have maybe five photos that are i got some good yeah. stuff to show you after this all right let's talk uh let's jump into et all right get going tell us how did this all come about you're one of the <laughs> one of the one yeah. of the stunt riders in the, with bob hart you know i think bob gets all the yeah gets a lot of the coverage and you was right there with him you know so yeah. tell us well like i said i was at everything bicycles slash kuara way back when mm-hmm. okay before literally i picked up the very very first kuara from the airport, two of them in a box, took them to the thing, and they didn't have any stickers on them. And in fact, when we first got them, they weren't going to be called Kuaharas. They were going to be called Everything Bicycles. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, they made a deal with Kuahara. Let's try the name. We were afraid. You put a big uh, rising sun on the thing, and uh-huh. the thing back then, Japanese was bad product. You know, mm-hmm. it came from Japan. It was bad. So the I just remember we put an ad in the paper, uh-huh. a Kuhara long black Kuhara sticker looked like, and there was a number at the bottom. Please call and we'll send you a sticker pack. My job was to answer the damn phone and say, "What's your name? Write everything down. You know, do that." So I did that for years, and then uh, I never really rode for Kuhara for years. Mm-hmm. I would ride. The other bikes that were in the shop, mm-hmm. the, the red lines, the everything else, or I rode with someone else. But I worked at Kuhara for years. It's just that, like, the team managers there didn't really like me because they saw how he kind of was nice to me. Like, he'd fire me, like, every other week. <laughs> Literally, he would fire me and send me on my way. And then a week later, he'd call, why aren't you in the office? 
And I'd come back and I had my own office in the big building and everything, you know. And I would do all the stuff that he needed done. Anything a team, if the team called and they needed stuff, I would fill those orders. Mm -hmm. I would do all that kind of stuff. But everyone else would get all the publicity. I, no one knew that. Most people didn't even know I worked there, you know. And I would go to the races. I wouldn't be cool hard out. I'd be in, you know, usually Mac stuff. Right. Because me and uh, Steve Johnson were friends. And mm -hmm. he would always, yeah, whatever you want. Come. Like, when I was, um, if you remember Saber Plates, mm -hmm. uh, I hooked up with a guy from Saber Plates. And I went into Max and... We built all the jerseys and everything through there. Mm -hmm. I rode those for a couple of years and things like that. Always off, but I was always riding their product. Right. Riding bicycles product, but mostly I was riding under a different thing. Yeah. And then it came to be, I think about late 84, the team, uh, uh, Craig Kundig left. Mm -hmm. The team kind of blew up. Uh, Ellis went off and everything. And they didn't really have a team manager, so they kind of just threw me in the thing. So I started doing all the team manager stuff, and I built a really good team. And then one day, Howie comes into my office. He goes, hey, come here. So I go in his big office, and he shows me these things. And it, wasn't, it was concept art for E.T. Mm -hmm. Like blueprint things. Was it? It, was, it was really, really low. It was, they couldn't tell. They, Colors weren't there yet, nothing yet. And he goes, I need you to take this stuff to this place. I didn't know it was a studio. Mm -hmm. So I hop in my truck and I drive to Culver Studios and they let me in the gate. And I, these little, they had all these little bungalows. Mm -hmm. And I walk in this bungalow and they said, I need to see this Steve guy. So you didn't even know who he was. I didn't have Steve. No clue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had no clue. Right. He said, okay, sit down and wait there. And I hear a video game being played. And I'm thinking, what is going on? So about five minutes later, they come on in. And I walk in this office, and it's this big desk. And there's all these storyboards. You know what a storyboard yeah, is, yeah, right? They're on the wall. Yeah. And he, so I sat down and talked to him. And he goes, okay, this is what I want. This is what I need. And, but this is what I want the kids to do. And I looked at the storyboard, and I said, so you want them to do... And he told me the kids, and I said, you sure? These kids, it's skill. It takes a lot of skill to ride these bikes. It's not just riding so a bike. So he was just assuming the actors were going to jump on the bikes. And yeah. Then, right, yeah. okay, got yeah. it. And so I said, it ain't going to happen. And he said, what do you know? Well, my bike is in the back of my truck. Mm -hmm. So I go, well, do you want to see me ride the bike a little? And he said, yeah. So we walked out. Him, and I think it was Kathleen Kennedy, if I'm not mistaken. And... In the in old Culver Studios, they have all these loading ramps, mm -hmm. concrete loading ramps that they used to back the trucks up against. Right. His Porsche was like parked behind. He had a Porsche even back then, did he? Obviously, yeah. <laughs> I was riding around, did a couple wheelies, did that thing, and then I just saw it sitting there. I was like, hmm, I could clear that easy. Right. <laughs> so I went, Aah! his eyes went, oh. Right. <laughs> and I landed and came back and said, that's why. And he said... Is there more kids like you? And that, <laughs> that was the funny quote. There's more kids like I said, you can come out to, well, I, my local track was Ascot at the time. Mm -hmm. Ascot on a Wednesday night would have 60 motos. Oh, it's an iconic place, right? Iconic. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody that was anybody was there on a Wednesday night. Yeah. I mean, literally, the pro class. Bridge, right? Ascot. Oh, yeah. Ascot was, 
I think everybody that you knew in the magazine raced Ascot at mm-hmm. least once a week or right. practiced there once a week. You would go there, Tommy be there, you know. All, anybody you would know would be there all the time. And I was with those guys all the time, so everybody knew who I was. So I told them, you go out to Ascot and you can find kids like that. Well, the following week, this group of people show up. Probably 11 people, 10 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy was one, and mm-hmm. then the rest was just producers and stuff. And they set up a little booth kind of thing, and then they would see kids. Oh, that looks like the principal. They'd drag him in, fill out some paperwork, mm-hmm. and then tell them, you got to meet us at the Valley on Saturday to do a test. Right. So they picked out probably 15, 20 kids. They limit that in about half. And then when we got to the thing, they tested all the kids out. And then they eliminated another eight kids. So they ended up with me, David Lee, uh, Seppi Mays, Duke Brittington, uh, Chris Taylor, and Bob Harrow was there. Mm-hmm. I hadn't... He wasn't on my list. He right. wasn't in the Everything Bicycle stuff. I don't know where he showed up. Uh, according to him, someone called him to show up. Right. So, knowing how Bob got that, I have no clue. He just showed up one day. Right. And at that point, they had the principal group. So, we shot for four or five weeks out in the middle of the valley in 100 degree heat wearing jackets and mm-hmm. shirts and stuff. You know, and... About four weeks later, we did some stuff in the studio. That slide you see at the end when we all come land and we do the slide. Yes, yes. That was in the oh studio. Oh, my God, I love that. Yeah, that yeah, was yeah. in the studio. Okay. One take. Really? One take. Alex still looks good now. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> if you look, when I slide in, I have to lift my leg. Cause, right. Uh, I, I think it's David slides in super close to me. Right. So I lift my leg and it sits on the fork. I set it on that the fork. That looks so cool how it does that. And just for the ones listening... You're the guy with the earphones, right? Yeah, I'm yeah, okay. wearing that red hat. Kind of just the... beam up, the guy that says yeah. that, right? Yeah. <laughs> Technically, I was uh, um, the stunt writer for Casey Melton. Uh-huh. Is that the actor's name? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I did all that kind of stuff. But literally, when I first got there, I was just going to be the mechanic. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's what I was supposed to do, set up all the bikes for the kids. If you see those pictures that are around mm-hmm. of me setting up bikes yes, and stuff. Yes, yes. That was, I thought, my job was. Right. But when I show up to the, the, the shoot... They don't want you in it. They, the lady comes over and grabs me and goes, you need to go to wardrobe. ruh <laughs> Wardrobe. What for? You need to go to wardrobe. It says right here. And my name in big letters and it said wardrobe. Well, I mean, you kind of... You know, you should definitely have been the first guy in after. But I didn't, yeah, you, know, you know, I didn't, you know, I didn't really, you know, it wasn't my thing. I didn't need to be in the It'd been easier for people to try and push you out, though, you know, the minute you get to the track as well. Think, I mean, imagine that now and yeah. setting up a BMX track and everybody finding out this is for a huge movie that's yeah. going to happen. Like, you'd, everyone would want a piece of that, you know? Yeah, but we, even when we filmed it, it was like, this is a hokey little movie. I don't know. And you guys then, had no idea, obviously, oh, right? No, no. no. And the scenes with the bikes and E.T., we never saw the E.T. doll at all. You never saw him? Never. What we rode with was a piece of aluminum ducking, bent like an L, uh-huh. with a, a okay. white thing wrapped around it. And that's what we rode around with. Right. Okay? It wasn't until we got to the studios and I was my nosy self, 
wandering around the studio. You want to look at them? <laughs> you want to hang out? We got, I got a good sight, a good look at them, because I was walking around the house. Right. Because the house was in the studio, too. Mm -hmm. So I was walking around the house, and the first thing I saw was this girl, blonde girl, with an arm on. All she had was just the arm. And she would... She was the uh, she one was and pointed. She was the pointer. Oh, wow. She was the pointer. Every time you saw it, it was this girl. She would just use her arm. Right. And then there was other kid, and I think he was from Thorns too, that had a skateboard but no legs. And he would scoot around, and they would put the ET suit on him, and he would ah, walk him back. Okay, got it, got it, okay? got it, yeah. So I got to see a couple of things that most people didn't yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. Because I was there days when no one was there. None mm -hmm. of the other guys were there. And because if the stu if the principals were on the bikes, the bikes had to be set up right, and I had to make sure they, you know. So I did a lot of extra stuff, mm -hmm. and literally didn't get paid for any of that. You didn't extra. have agents, nothing like that. No, no, they ripped us off big time because, like, if you go to M, uh, what was that the MMBD? Uh, you know the if you go to that one website where it tells where the all the story, yes, yeah. and you guys, it's easy to find. You guys, listeners, well, you can just Google it. And this yeah. is a, the, they, the stunt guys on ET. Yeah, they. The only name in there is Bob Hart. So he and the only reason it's there is because Bob got he bought the Stuntmen Association. Okay. And I wasn't going to spend five hundred dollars to join the Stuntmen Association, right? Or whatever it was, and so. The only thing you'll see on the actual Credits. movie credit is yeah. thank you to everything bicycles. Right. And it's at the, literally, it's like the second to last thing you see as the thing comes down. And so they did that. But after the movie got big and it was big, they put a full page ad in the Hollywood Reporter with everybody's name in it. Okay. So that's how they kind of justified it. But they still didn't pay you though? No. Oh, no. Oh, we get, I think the kids... All got paid about three hundred fifty bucks. Mm -hmm. I think Bob got more because Bob worked some deal with somebody, mm -hmm. and I got paid a little extra because everything bicycle was paying me. Okay, got it, got it, got it. So I, it was different, you know. There was different levels in there. So I, 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 I like I say, when I got there, Bob was already somehow got involved. So I don't know how it is because it wasn't through us. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I, and like I said, I was an average racer. Didn't really, you didn't need the publicity. I knew all the big stars. They all knew who I was. Mm -hmm. But I was not. Dang. So when it came out, I mean, did you go to the premiere and all that stuff? Oh, and... yeah. We we went to the premiere. Me and Seppi drove to the premiere. Right. And because Seppi was my, uh, he lived across the street from me. Okay. I read that on the, on yeah. the website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, he lived across the street from me, and so we went to the studios, and it was in L.A., and we were running late because of traffic, like always. Mm -hmm. When we got there and we run up the stairs, there's this lady pounding on the door with her shoe. Let me in. My daughter's in this movie. And there's this little girl standing next to her. Just, she just pounded. But she sounds a little bit drunk, you know? Right. <laughs> and uh, the little girl's, Mom, Mom. And they finally opened the door and let us all in. Mm-hmm. It was Drew, Drew Barrymore. Barrymore. Mm. Yeah. So we go in there and we, we, did, they, we got in time. We sat down and we're watching this movie and we're like, hey, this isn't that bad. Right. And then we thought, eh, I'd probably make some money. And then maybe a row behind me, there was this group of kids, just uh, all studio kids. Mm -hmm. the, their parents all work for the studio. And you hear this little girl. God, don't let E.T. die. Don't let E.T. die. Right. And you just, oh, 
Right. You knew yeah, it at yeah. that point. Yeah. This is. If you can catch the little kids. Yes, yes. You, yeah, you got them, yeah. And it went from zero to a million in a week. And wow. it was like, oh my God. But still, we didn't really see any of that because we didn't get anything from that. Right. So basically, and the only thing you saw was that there's a little bitty article in action, mm-hmm. tiny article in action. And then the full three-page article that was in Plus. Okay. And that was it. There was nothing else. There was no go and do a interview or anything, you know. Mm-hmm. And within seven, eight months, it was gone, you know, to us. We didn't, you know, we had nothing to do with it. Right. I remember Robert saying when I first met him, he said, ah, it sounds an awful chat up loud. Did you know I was in ET? Oh, I would have used it. Yeah, yeah, it's a great line. Yeah, you yeah. Know what? I sat and watched that movie. Oh, yeah. And I was waiting for it, and I thought, it's not even on there. He's having me on. Right. <laughs> but uh, we went to the, we, they had a premiere in uh, in London um, the, for the ET thing, and, you know, all the early, you know, BMX people were all there. And I mean, it's in the magazines, I remember as well. We all yeah. came out crying. You know, yeah. Just like, <laughs> suddenly the lights came up, and we're just like. Oh, but I mean, it's know. still. Bit, I mean, my daughter sat and watched okay. it a couple of Christmases ago. I mean, it still yeah. grabs you, doesn't it? You know. So. It's funny because I watch it and I can see flaws in it. Right. We've seen, and seen it, it and it's times. it's funny because if you look after we come down the the steps and then I go over the. The car. Yes. And we go around the building. If yes. you watch really careful, right before the cut, mm-hmm. you'll see Seppi take a full-on endo. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, you can watch his legs flying in the air. Right. Uh, and that's on the... Okay, I don't need to go back. Right at the yeah, very... Yeah. Okay. Right as we come around the corner, you'll see him doing this, and then he cut. And then you'll see the, the front view. There was a lot of footage, though. You said oh, that they, they didn't. Yeah. They didn't show. There's Has still, nobody tried to get hold of that or anything? Or amazing. They, they won't... Yeah. I've, Seen, but no one has it, and even the making of ET mm-hmm. doesn't show any of that. Oh, stuff. really? Yeah, I'm sure it's somewhere. Yeah. Into it. It's got to be somewhere. And yeah. there's a whole scene that they didn't shoot that's hilarious. Really? Because they hired a stuntman, a mm-hmm. kid. It looks like a kid, but he was an old man. He was small, and and they, they put him on a bike. Yeah. So just eating shit, then, right? Well, <laughs> they said, "Well, you guys can't do this stunt. It's not you guys." It's too tough for you guys. Right. So we're all laughing and said, okay, <laughs> yes, let him do it. Let's see it, it. Yeah. So basically it was up a stairs and out a second story window onto some wood, wood right. to another wood, to the ground. Okay, so we're sitting in the background watching this. Just and waiting, saying, yeah. Okay, let him go. And he already rode like... <laughs> right. You know, you know what was coming. Yeah, so... They say action. He goes towards the window. He never pulled up. Oh, he literally just went <laughs> right. to his head. Boom! Yeah. Stunned him. He right. gets up. Oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'll do it again. We'll get it done. Right. They wait about five minutes. They can do it again. He does the exact same. Oh, of course. Thing. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he, he's, I mean, literally, I think he knocked himself out. Yeah. But he was out of it. Right. And so I hear them all shuffling and they're all, we can't do this. And David, David Lee goes, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I could do that easy. And the guy goes, okay, can you sign this? So basically he signed a clause that if he hurt himself. But... And they go, okay. They set up the shot again. Action. David goes, do it, do it. Down to the bottom. And he goes, is that it? Yeah. And they, <laughs> yeah. They're all looking at him like, 
Oh shit. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. And after that they did that guy was gone. Yeah. You never saw him again. You guys utilized a bit more <laughs> than carried off. Yeah. Yeah. So things like that. There's those little things that most people don't realize, you know. So after ET, what happened for you? Like you still stayed in the industry and uh, most I was there for a while. Um, that was '81, so probably about five more, four more years at Everything Bicycles, and then I went to go work with uh, Jim Van Dorn. Okay, uh, he was splitting from Vans, opening up Awesome Shoes. Okay, and I used to go into. Uh, uh, vans all the time pick up shoes because I was sponsored by them mm -hmm. and I'd go see Ev and I'd be walking down the hall and I would see Jim Van Dorn all the time and he would talk shit to me and we would yeah. so one day I was in there and he goes come here and I said what and he goes I'm leaving the company and I'm opening a new thing do you want to come work with me and I went sign me up right <laughs> You know, so when they, him, Jim and Jim Jr. left, opened up Awesome Shoes with this other guy, and I was working there as the Ev, basically, mm -hmm. of Awesome Shoes. Mm -hmm. And if you look really carefully, we I was the first shoe sponsor for Matt Hoffman. Oh, okay. And some of his great iconic pictures, you'll see that Awesome Shoe okay, logo. Okay, I'm totally going to look them oh, all up. Yeah. And obviously, Jane, you were bringing them into England then. Yeah, yeah, well, the... Uh, in the early 80s, I was, me and my dad were actually distributing like Vans shoes. Yeah. We used to do all the different custom, you know, for the bit for the BMX riders. So, and then that sort of moved on to somebody else. So, yeah, just doing the awesome shoes because they, they, they were, you know, a really good shoe. Then they bought the Rhino shoe out, which was pretty God. horrendous. Um, but, yeah, so, and that's, I, I was, it's so weird because. I was probably speaking to him on the phone. Yeah, they didn't even marry him later. Down the road, married, <laughs> 20 years just, later. Just so so weird. So, um, but, um, oh, real? Just just thought. Jamie Stafford for Hot Shot as well. He did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and there yeah. was a guy yeah. that used to go to the track. I can't remember his Paul name. Paul Ray yet. as well. Paul Ray. And, Good ride. Uh, this guy used to say, yeah, she's... Uh, She's doing well. She's got legs like Jamie Starr. That, that stuck, you know. Right. I've still still got, you know. But yeah, I met I met Jamie. Uh, when is was Chula Vista? Yeah, yeah, the Hall of Fame, right? Yeah. Well, he lives, he lives in San Diego. Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's, it was great to see him and stuff. So, but um, that's funny because I, I I didn't really knew, I knew who Jamie Staff was, uh -huh. but I didn't know him. Uh huh. And I lived in Torrance, and there's. Um, a velodrome. Oh, he used to go out there training, didn't he? He was yeah. training the Americans. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I used to go in there and ride my bike every once in a while. And one day I was in there and I walked by and Jamie was wearing a BMX shirt, some sort of BMX shirt. Right. And I went, cool shirt. And I said, and he, we talked for a minute and then I said, what's your name? And he said, Jamie Staff. And I went, duh. Mm. You know, I, it all kind of clicked. And yeah, it's because he, when he was racing velodrome and BMX, he was going, and, and I think he, he was using that velodrome for training. Yeah. yeah. And then I think, like say, when he retired from, from, from velodrome, I think he was coaching the US guys yeah, down there. Yeah, he was. Yeah, and, that, and that's yeah. when I ran into him. And so, small world. It was, yeah, little things like that. And, and, and especially with me, I run into people all the time and it's like, oh, I remember you. Or, right. Uh, it's such a, with the BMX, community though and, and again I'm into skateboarding and, as well it's just everybody knows everybody yes. and, and 
you know, as I say, when I, you know, got sort of back into the skateboards and, you know, you just, it's just a network, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Whether they're 75 years old or whether, you know, um, it's, it's just, it's it, you know, we're so lucky that, that, like BMX, it's in our DNA. It's just easy to jump and in and out of conversations never, with people. We all got the same thing you know, on our mind, you know. Just, yeah. You know, if we went to somewhere where there was a room full of BMXs, I mean, you know, we'd be like, oh yeah. But yeah. you go to somewhere where people just don't get it. And yeah. It's just, you know, it's. Hard, we're, yeah, we're all in our own little world, and yeah. it's easy to go well, years without seeing people, and then and just get right into it. With right into it. You know? in yeah, 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 yeah. There's, know. you know. No, and that's why I think the grand is kind of the. That used to be the fun thing. But what I miss mostly is the Hall of Fame right down the street. I know. Yeah. It's such a bummer. It's not. Because nothing. that's when we yeah. all get together, especially because it's in SoCal. Yeah. And 90% of your old school guys are SoCal guys yes. or moved to SoCal. Yes. So you'd get such a diverse group of people showing up yeah. for that. It was almost too small of a night because I'd see you there over the years, Jane, and you'd see if some of the international people would come out. But it's just so hard to catch up with everybody in yeah. one little three-hour yeah. Yeah. window time you know like say that's why Eddie King always made that little weekend thing yeah. I always like that because he's got more chance to actually sit down and talk to some people you want to catch up with you know because yeah it's so fun that everyone's there in that same little area it seems just a long time you know so yeah it's a bummer it's not there yeah maybe yeah. They, I mean they haven't really said but it seems like it's going to go to Tulsa right yeah and no one's going to go no no and even if they do it during the Grands no one's going to go no no because it's just not feasible if you're an old school guy and you're living in Southern California, a two-hour drive is nothing. Right. But no one's going to fly to Tulsa and do a thing. You may... You, you know, can have a different crowd. You can have more of the guys that live that side, I guess, Texas and them kind of guys. It yeah, will be you, people there, but obviously people like, say, the old GT guys that all make a big yeah. um, big push to go on Chula Vista yeah, every year. People yeah. like them aren't going to hop on a plane and um, fly over there. Well, yeah. I wouldn't think Maybe they would. Maybe we should do our own thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. Well, I think Eddie King's already thinking. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, like now the G shoot. the GT guys are thinking about it as well. Just just more of a gathering and That'd stuff amazing, down here, you know. It? So I think there's a few people. Um, yeah, it seemed like Eddie King's always around. Trace the Finland guys are always rounding up ideas and stuff to yeah, to do amazing. something. So we hopefully, because yeah, it's a great weekend, isn't it? You know. Yeah. So so how do you guys reconnect again then? I know years later and Facebook, Facebook. Oh, Facebook. You know, Facebook. Yeah. You, yeah. you see people and then. Like I said, I and Jane was obviously you live in, in England back I was then. In England, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I used to the last two years have sort of been backwards and you know backwards and forwards trying to stay you know stay as long as I could and stuff. Yeah. Um, but she was living in Florida for a couple yeah, of years. Yeah, in Florida and did, with I my dad. That, no. Yeah, we we started a business there, um, skateboard distribution. Right. Um, and we had a house there, and um, I think that was like nineteen eighty nine or something, and. And I was there, and you didn't even know it. Yeah, so the thing See, I didn't even know that. No. Uh, so, yeah, we, you know, and then um, I went back to the UK, and I started a company, and to say just... Karma Skateboards? Karma right. Skateboards, yeah. Um, got some guys in, in the UK now that sort of run in that... Um, the Fire Academy doing great, great job there. Mm -hmm. And again, they're 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 like you. You said with your training camps and stuff, they've taken like kids, underprivileged kids that maybe didn't learn well at school, and just taken. They've got their own like. It's kind of little tra like a trade school. Yeah. Okay. I see the place. skate industry so I, I look into some of that on Instagram I go into some of their little stories and there's some great little yeah. uh, I was looking to put my daughter into a little skate camp even yeah. just and I'm just thinking San Diego there's so many cool things like that that them yeah. guys do you know yeah. like with their 
um, uh, grassroots, you know. Well, skateboarding is, yeah. is, is very good, like, for, you know, when kids maybe have learning disabilities or it's just all about having the, you know, getting yeah, the balance. balance and stuff. It yeah. really sort of helps and stuff. So, but skateboarding is, you know, with the um, English girl that won the... The gold sky brown is that a name um, right but then she lives yep. <laughs> she lives here yeah she, she lives right here I read a little yeah, article yeah. and it said oh yeah. yeah I've been a couple of times to England and I'd like to go see Madame to Swords or something and I right. just thought well you're saying you're English so we're getting the recognition for it so yeah yes. you know the counting um, medal I'm sure for the yeah. funding <laughs> as I say those Olympics um I just think it's really gonna you know put the sport for BMX and for skateboarding I think it's you know those sort of action sports. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely um, been a good run for good Olympics for the for GB. Obviously, you oh, read all the press and stuff as, as much as we have. It's uh, I mean, hats off Bethany. I mean, she's just. I knew she was going to win. Mm-hmm. She did, she predicted it two days before. I was watching her race. You were saying. I mean, she was. She on had fire. the worst mm-hmm. second jump at yeah. the Olympics. We were like, oh, oh my god! She, she would hit that second jump and she'd land on that front wheel. Mm-hmm. And she would just power through there. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, she's not going to make it to that, the, the second corner. And the main came, she got such a start. And it was all power. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the snap. Because mm-hmm. if you look at the snap, she's fifth out of the gate. Yeah. She powered them by the first jump. Slayed it down. She was gone. Right. And then when she hit that second jump and she did the endo again, mm-hmm. I thought, oh. But she got through there, and she powered away from those girls. Mm-hmm. You know, and then the just Sunday for the worlds, uh, worlds she smoked them. Yeah, yeah, Lainey again. Yeah, now it's definitely been a good month for her, hasn't it? Let's oh, say for she just seems such. So a... I, I don't know what the, their committee does for her, but you know, a lot of these uh, European groups they're making money if they make medals. So. Because she didn't get her, fu- she had a funding cut, didn't she? For the well, Olympics I think I think that was blown up more than it was. was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think at some point she had, a, but that was a couple of years ago. The gate, yeah. the GoFundMe, and all that thing. Yeah, I think yeah. that was all ironed out, and was she's it? been on the plan and yeah. kind of back with the team and stuff yeah, for a while. No, so good, but no, and you know, Kai, you know, watching her as well with jumping yeah. up and down, and then when she crossed the finish line, he threw his. Drink on the floor and ran and picked. I mean, her that up. was all in the cover of newspapers and everything. Oh, it's that just, picture when he's it's picking amazing because it showed like team team spirit and yeah. teamwork. You should and, have heard her screaming oh, yeah. when Kai was, "Come, my son! Come on, my son! Right. Come on, my yeah. son! Yeah, yeah." I think everybody was excited. That's what I, I really, you know, obviously you get stuck into algorithms on Facebook where the same kind of pe- you know, the same people you talk to, and we're all kind of in the same little bubble, I guess. Yeah. But I, I saw a lot of old school people and a lot of people that are not, not really involved in BMX. It seemed like everybody was so into it, you know. Oh, so I think uh, they were proud. It you was, know, yeah. Anyone that's had anything to do with BMX at some point seemed like they're all. They just like they've carried on the legacy. Look, we've all, yeah, we're all absolutely. like a big family. Yeah, that's the whole thing. Because, like I said, I was young and I got to meet all these people. Like I was at mm-hmm. Action all the time, and then I met Bob and I hung out with Bob for a long time. I worked for Bob. I worked at Haro. Okay. Well, I actually worked. Before Haro had Haro Designs, uh-huh. we uh, he would get boxes of number plates. We'd go to his house. We'd 
melt them over the stove. Right. Bend them over a set of bars. Oh, because they did the Haro Type 2 plate. Was that what it's called? No, before that. Okay, it, but then I remember it was, it was like fit for your bars yeah. that bent over, didn't it? And it was funny because you would heat it up. <laughs> you again. And then you'd have a set of V-bars on the thing. You'd put it on there and bend it. You really had it. A, a lot of input on our bars back then, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, with the so levers. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like you could. So my fingerprints are on a lot of Yes. Because that was uh, factory plates. That okay. was before it was Haro. Mm -hmm. It was factory plates, mm -hmm. and we would do those in his in his kitchen. Oh wow! You know? But most people don't know that. No, you know? no, no. And then when he opened Haro Designs in Torrance, it was in the same complex as the old Everything Bicycles. The first Everything Bicycles I saw mm -hmm. when I walked in that building, it was the same complex. He was just in the one corner. So we just took a quick little break. And then while I was talking the break, you started popping out all these English names and people that came to your house. So you just told me Les Slater, Tony Slater, Nikki Matthews. Yeah, I, it is amazing. Like I said, I may not have been the stars of BMX, but everyone that came to America ended up in my house for some reason. So you knew Nikki Matthews. And oh, yeah. They, they, when they came over to... He was on Kuhara then, right? Yeah, to visit Kuhara. I, you know, he hung out with us. We'd take him to the track and stuff. And then Les and Tony Slater showed up one day. And Les Slater, people listen, was iconic, the starter for the Nationals in England in the early 80s. He was the starter yeah. for the Kellogg's, Riders obviously. Ready. Pedals ready. Uh, just his just... voice. Any British video from, you know, 81 to 85 would be Les Slater would be one of the, you know, along with obviously Paul Roberts's dad, Vic. Um, I'm sure the guys, but Les's, yeah, it was featured That's in the magazines. And... Iconic. So you met them all. Oh, yeah, they, like I said, my house was kind of the halfway house. Right. I think they would get a hold of Howie. Uh-huh. And Howie knew my mom was kind of like the, she would take in anybody. Yes. And so she, he would call and say, hey, can this guy stay? Yeah, my mom, you know. Like, it was really funny is one day I wake up and I'm like, going, where's Les? And I walk in the kitchen, Les is at the table with my mom having coffee and right. talking crap and stuff. And I'm like... Wow. See, yeah. I didn't know less. You see, there's so many, a lot of English writers came out here that I didn't even know that came out here, you know? And obviously I knew you did, and obviously Alan Woods brought a crew out. He'd been out numerous times, but I had no idea Tony Slater and oh, uh, yeah. Nicky Matthews. Yeah, and they came, they needed to go to Redline, so I knew where Redline was, so yeah. I drove them to Redline. Stu Diggins, then. I know he came out here. Did you, did you have yeah, I've seen him, yeah. but he, I think he stayed with family or something because right. we didn't really see him as much as like the other guys. Yeah. Yeah, but there was always people coming, people from Germany, uh, Japan, you know, all kinds of stuff, you know. We, we had Mike, I'm just remembering now, we had uh, Mike, Mike Salido, Andy Patterson, and Chris Young, his, his brother, and they, they all stayed at our, our house. Obviously, when they were in the Skyway uh, tour, right? Yeah, my mum just remembers, like, she said, I just came in and in this front room and, uh, you know, she said, I was just stepping over bodies. There was, right. <laughs> there was bodies laid everywhere. So I just, that just came to me. Yeah, I mean, the Skyway team, that made a huge impact. Again, like, it was, it was uh, you know, they came over for the Kellogg's, obviously. Yeah. The Europeans in, uh, Andy Patterson raced the Europeans in Birmingham Wheels. Well, my dad was the first distributor for Skyway Wheels in the UK. So that's why, obviously, it was and with you then, yeah. containers and coming in, and then, then, then there was all this publicity about, yeah, you can um, put them in the refrigerator and, or freezer, and they snap 
back right, you know. Right. I had, a, I had some graphite skyways and I was very lucky. Yeah. I was very lucky. I actually. think there's some pictures of you with skyways racing, yeah. Yeah, I was lucky really because me and my brother, we obviously had had what, you know, had what we wanted. Yeah. But I would always be on a red line. That that was probably the longest I was on a bike. Yeah. Red line with flight crank. But you had the racing. You had, had a racing. There's a there's an original photograph that was in one of the uh, BMX books that was published. But what happened to the racing? Oh, I know. I I was I was just thinking about it the other day, and and I've been sort of communicated with. Remember Tony Way? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes. He, yes. My, they, his nickname was always the animal, and because uh, he was on uh, Hot Shot, right? He was right, Hot Shot. Yeah, Again, yeah, yeah. he had. He's got so much respect for our family, and he is part of part of the Hot Shot family because he. My dad said, "Here you go. You know, here, here's a bike. Apparently, it, uh, it was my racing. Oh, it's who gave your bike one. away. And Tony only let me know recently, and he said, uh, "I had that." And I said, "Really?" I said, "I just can't. I've got no recollection of." Where it went to, but you, it went to you. And well, a lot of stuff back then, probably not so much in America, but in England, everything got passed around, didn't yeah. it? You know, everybody, you know, brothers, I had a, sisters. I had a Flovel you know. flyer that was a cruiser. I mean, I don't know what happened to that, but I mean, I loved that thing. But yeah. when, when you're younger like that and you're just caught up in the moment, you just... I mean, both of you guys kind of live in candy, you know, sweet shops, oh, yeah. as we would say. But Absolutely. I mean, I mean, I would go to a BMX shop. It was, you know, just to look at stuff and that. But you guys had access to all that... You know, we'd look get one thing. See, and that's a the year. thing. People thought, and that's why most people thought, "Oh, he's factory all the time," because I always had right nice fairly things. good yes. bikes. You yes, know? and and I'd be seventh or eighth, you know, or you know, fifth or sixth. You, you love had the an best, amazing though. collection you know, of bikes, didn't you? Yeah, I had. He lost them all. Here's yeah. That's the funny part is yeah. I had all these bikes in my garage, mm -hmm. and I moved away. Mm -hmm. uh, my parents said, mm, "Scrap metal." Oh. Yeah. And that was going to be my question anyway, same to you. I know you still got a lot of stuff from Hotshot, right? Yeah, um, uh, my dad had a lot of stuff, you know, that had been sort of passed, you know, from house to house. A lot of it was like, I had a load of Sugino chainrings that... Um, yeah. But even um, even when I was, you know, when he passed away, I was going through like one of his old sheds and stuff. And I literally got to the last box and I pulled it down. And out popped an original zero nine plate that was a collectible one. There was a hot shot plate. There was something else, and like I'm just thinking, because he always used to say to me, "I got stuff lying about all over the place," you know. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, I'd go in his place in his shed there, and it was. If it both was, you guys knew was, back then. Oh my god! Now I had I had two original Bassets that were handmade by uh, John Severns. Mm -hmm. The original short Bassets, not the with the rear end. It was actually a twenty inch rear end was on that the cruiser. Was the swoop one? Was no, that? I had a swooper, but I had one of the original straight bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had that. I had two of the first Kuharas. I had Kuharas. Like I had a house fire uh, about twenty five years ago. And I had a bunch of bikes still then, and all those got destroyed in the house fire. Ugh. So, a cool heart. And in fact, I had a cool heart ET bike in a box. Wow. Yeah. Ugh, that'd be. Uh, I mean, they really pop that stuff in our. Yeah, but this was original. original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If only, only. And it, and the story, you know, ET when it died off, when BMX died off, we were stuck with hundreds of ET bikes. 
A lot of the last Kuhar bikes that were sold were ET bikes taken out and repainted. Wow, because nobody wanted them. Mm. Nobody wanted the ET looking bike. So we would, and I think it was the Utterbacks that did it. I think we took them to them uh-huh. and they repainted them, reboxed them, and we sold them off like that. Wow. Yeah. Got us. And then it's just crazy how it kind of turned around and then all yeah, of a sudden... If we, it, literally, if they would have stored all those bikes for 20 years, they yeah. could have recouped their money five over. I've never been into the collecting stuff, you know. I mean, uh, number plates, a few of my own ones, and I like collecting. I'm a magazine guy. I've never been into the bike collecting. Yeah. But if I did, I, if I did get a chat, like, you, you can choose one bike, you can... I'd want to call it ET. But that was, well, I'm yeah. trying... Right now, I have friends out looking for one, even if it's just... Uh, uh, an off-color one, I'll have it painted right, mm-hmm. you know. And I've also talked to the cool uh, the, Kuharas, the, the, the family, and they're still really close to me and really nice. That I talk to him all the time. Obviously not involved anymore and nothing really. They're still making bikes. Oh, they are? They still make bikes today. BMX? Well, they make some, very few, but they do a commuter bike. They do some other stuff. Uh-huh. Um, in fact... I think they sold a bunch of cruisers to the people from Flight Pads. Mm-hmm. If you look on their website, they have 20, 24, 26 inch cruisers oh, okay. available, cool horrors. And they call them survivors. I think they're a little bit of a pre pop, not a full re pop, but you know. Um, but they're still making BMX bikes. Uh, but very few. They have a lot more things they do besides that. I think if Kuara was done right, it would be one of them brands that they could bring back. You could bring still. it back yeah, today yeah. because, uh, you know, when I think it was Daniels. Um, yes, yeah, so he, Daniels, did, he did the team a couple years he ago. It yeah, back yeah. And, but he wasn't, he couldn't, he didn't have the money to promote it. Right. He had a pretty good uh, team And he was now, spending remember. most of the money on the team. Yeah. And he was just losing money. Right. And he has a big construction company, and you know, he 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 was just losing money. So basically, they closed the door. Uh, I think they still own the name in mm-hmm. the United States. Um, but yeah, if someone could grab the name and repop it, even if you could go to Kuhara and say build these bikes, but the last bikes weren't made by Kuhara. They were made by a guy in England somewhere. Hmm. So. Yeah, so it's it's a bit difficult. I would love to get the name back, you know, the name out there. I'm, it is my favorite bike of all time. I mean, you you have a connection, so it's oh, definitely yeah. something. Well, with Howie yeah. too, you know? yeah, and then like that's the big thing right now. I've been fighting for four years to get Howie's name into the Hall of Fame, mm-hmm. but the biggest problem is most people don't even know who he is. Mm-hmm. Today's industry, it's all new guys that don't really know what's going on. Didn't know that. He's helped a lot of other companies stay in business, go in business, do this. The first Powerlight ads were mostly all uh, Howie ads. Right. You know? Uh, Howie, you got to remember, when BMX started and everything bicycle started, there was no such thing as BMX. You mm-hmm. couldn't buy a BMX bikes. So you would buy, and then frames started to come out, so you'd buy a frame. There was no complete bikes. So we made a thing called a bike in a box. You would buy a frame and forks. And we would sell you everything else in a box. Wheels, seat, Kind of like chain. custom then. Yeah, everything was there. You had two choices. You had a high-end version with um, bullseye hubs and stuff. Or then you had a sunshine it. version. You right. Know? So you could, I think it was like $400 for the box, for the uh, uh, bullseye version. 
and like 250 for the other box. So you'd buy a frame and this box and you could put a whole bike together. That makes sense. You know? And that's what, that's what we call a bike in a box. Mm -hmm. And that's what we sold to dealers for years before there was actually complete bikes in boxes. Okay? And I think the Kuohara was probably one of the first ones that was a complete bike in a box. Right. You know, where you could buy, it would come with front brakes and back brakes and, you know, it was... Bent, bent levers, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but see, by that time, bent levers, they were they had met, built hey, a machine. Right. They built a machine. Yeah, didn't they do anymore, yeah. yeah. I still ride the, 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 the levers, levers. Levers. And, but if and, you could, yeah. most of mine had a little crease in the bottom because I would use a uh, half-inch wrench. Right. Then, oh, they, eh, was, they were substandard eh. then. And every once in a while, you go, eh, snap, you know? Yeah, but that. And then you had, first version was, remember... You'd have the stem like this, and it would be bent this way. Mm -hmm. Remember, it would go under the bars and be bent this yes. way. Yes. And then we went to forward, and it'd be bent this way. Right. So, yeah. So, there was two different versions of the bend. And then you would... I'd have a bucket of water full of uh, those... The sleeves. Mm -hmm. And I would just reach in the bucket... Slide it on, throw it in a box. And we literally, won't, won't I did that for years. You probably did work on all our bikes, you know, over right. the years and stuff. That's what I mean. I yeah. mean, I think I touched 90% of the kids in the first generation of BMX. Right, yeah, At absolutely, yeah. And most people wouldn't know that. No. You know? No, you know? I, did, I just remember, let's say, the, the number plates. I remember how it did bend on the Haro Type 2 number plates we had. And you could buy them in, like, just regular shops in England in the early 80s, you yeah. know, they'd be in a hardware store, would have a little bit of BMX stuff and they'd always yeah. have the Haro type two number plates, but you know. It's lovely to be able to sort of share this information as well with like the new the new blood coming so that they can just realise where the history is yeah, history no. where it all came well, from. Well, I think Alan Woods made a really nice post after the the Olympics. I guess he sponsors yes. the... Um, the girl that won freestyle. Yeah, yeah. Um, Worthington. Worthington, Charlotte Worthington. Yeah. And uh, he wrote like how it, you know, he talked a little bit about the the early days and, and obviously Alan's been involved nonstop yeah. from the start. And he just said it's kind of coming a full circle now, especially for him. Like I say, if he sponsored her and obviously yeah. Alan was like you at the start of it is, it's BMX like the in the UK. It's like the sort of pieces of the puzzle going yeah. together and it's finally been, you know, recognized and, and all these sort of people, these pioneers, it's it's all going to come out, yeah. isn't it? It's going to come out somewhere, whether it's a hall of fame. But there's there a book music. coming out too, right? Yeah, we... There's a new book, isn't yeah, there? Yeah, the Rad Guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about any second now it's oh, going to be doing something. And they already said they're working on the second book because they've had oh, such really? a great um, okay. yeah, reaction from it. You know, So I'm yeah. looking forward to it. Because I know the guy that's doing the book sent her an article that's in the book. And yeah. I it was like, what's wrong? And she couldn't talk. And it was like... Oh. Yeah, no, Anthony, we're going to do a podcast with them guy. I'm actually, I'm, I'm in podcast zone at the moment. I'm yeah. getting back into doing the podcast. I did one a couple of days ago with you guys, and I'm actually going to do one, Anthony, that's doing the book. Yeah. So I'm interested yeah. to, to learn more about all that stuff it's with him. It's emotional reading stuff, though. It really is, because we were all so innocent sort of back then. Yeah. We had our little paper plates, you know, with the numbers, and you laughed because, like, some of the early days where we had to go in, when we came across the finish line, we used to come into little... Yeah, those little, little boots. Yeah, I never yeah, understood yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember picking yeah, up... Yeah, because someone's just... got to write your, your, your score down, remember you know? Remember, we, we had, they had the bag with where you used to pick a peg. Yeah, yeah, there was our little, little, little cheating ways to cheat, you know? Like, oh, I... <laughs> there's, yeah, I mean, well, England... You know how to feel the, the peg? Oh, that's a one. Well, my... I've said this before. One of my friends was in the final before me, um... And he told me, he's like, lane one is the broken peg. 
<laughs> so you know, like Dale Holmes, you you know put your name in, the, put your hand you know in, yeah. hand in and get your thing, and you're like, come on, hurry! Everyone's like stressing yeah. a little bit, like hurry up, hurry up! And I'm like, I'm looking, like, okay, lane uh, uh, one. <laughs> yeah. So there's all little tricks like that, you know. Or you do some stretches behind, you can kind of see the peg sometimes. Yeah. So it was yeah. always little. That's good. Little yeah, that article because the article talks about her dad, and it's the only article I've seen on her dad that actually mentions him and the company. Yeah. No, yeah. the BMX weeks I say I'll show you guys oh. when we're finished. Your dad's in quite a lot of them. Is he? So um, he even raced, you know. Oh, he did. He, there's. Do you remember Outwell? Yes, that, Outwell that and Dorf. With yes. all the, but know, all everybody would go there though in the winter time. Yeah. Those, those like ramps and stuff. I mean, they fight me to death. They make like wooden wooden my jumps. My dad. Mm. He, he said, "Yeah, I'll have a go." God, I think maybe even Sarah Jane's dad as well. And they had a cruiser. And I mean, I don't know how he got over that. How on earth did he get over those that first ramp? Right, right. I mean, it's just you know. But we look back now and say that the old we thought the older cruiser guys or the mum and dads raced back then. We yeah. look now, they're we're we're I still know. racing and riding, and they were actually still only in their twenties or early thirties. You know, well, was incredible because it was an experience because we all like stayed overnight there and yeah, the indoor track and yeah. the outdoor track. They have a national a, there it's as just well. Amazing, you know, it was yeah. Because is that that one Cooper? What was his name? The that sponsored the race. Lee Cooper. Lee Cooper. That was yeah. That big, indoor uh, track with the berms and stuff. Yeah, that, that was. That was cool. That was literally on the side. I didn't go, but uh, it looks like from the video, it was a sports center. Yeah. Yeah, they were like a five-a-side football. And that's yeah. the shiny. place where you got ripped off, right? Oh, we had like, yeah, we had a stand there and uh, we had all these bikes, you know, we were selling, we had a little booze and stuff. And we had this great big chain that went through. It was in London somewhere. Pickett's Lock. P- yeah. And literally, we just went to watch the racing and we sort of turned back and they'd gone. <laughs> And we had the whole lot stolen, you know. That's crazy stuff like that. Yeah. Let's bring it bring it into today then. What you guys are still involved in BMX and uh, tell us what you got cooking now. Obviously, you guys are married now and live in Arizona, right? Yeah, we got yeah we live in Tucson. We got married at the um, uh, Black Mountain Black Mountain BMX. I remember seeing all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was Robert was all in his race pants and everything. It was pretty cool. Right, yeah, I'm still racing today. Yes. Um, I don't care if I win or lose. I'm there to race and have fun. This is my entertainment. Yes, okay? yeah. I don't really do anything else. I, I race my bicycle and I have fun and I enjoy That's what it's it. all about. Yeah. And we have, we're reopening Hot Shots. Mm-hmm. Hot Shot. Mm-hmm. Shot. 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 I always say shot. Well, you're shot. thinking of Hot Shoppy, yeah. you know. Shot. <laughs> shot. Yeah, Hot Shot. So we're works. reopening that and doing some stuff through that. I still technically race, you know, I race factory uh, racing, mm-hmm. get some help from uh, Box mm-hmm. and uh, a company called Zero, uh, Gate 9 Custom Number Plates. Mm-hmm. He helps out a lot. He helps us with a lot of things. And then we also have a skateboard company, mm-hmm. the Karma Skateboards. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's why we're here. We're sourcing a lot of product for the skateboard company, mm-hmm. which is in the UK. Which we're gonna bring here mm-hmm. to do some things, and we're gonna start uh, selling more product. Uh, you'll start seeing T-shirts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, want to do a collectibles like T-shirt for hot, you know, for Hot Shot because that that logo. Oh yeah, that yeah, yeah. Logo. I mean, part of British history. Uh, when you know? I even tried to get some somebody to do some artwork, they said, "Gosh, that that writing, that style of writing, it's just not. It's not on the internet anymore." Do you know who did it in the start? It's my dad. Oh, literally, your dad made the logo. We we used to, my mum and we we always used to say, we used to call him Cut Cut. 
because he'd be he'd be sat in front of the television and he'd be like getting bits from adverts and cutting little letters and sticking them and Very sticking little yeah. bullets and stuff and he would always be cut cut you'd always like maybe find something in your sandwich you know there was the hot shot bullet or something right inspired by it inspired. even the dog was walking about with something you know it so yeah we used to call him cut cut because all his advertisements he did himself and it was back in the days where you would cut little bits and stuff yeah and yeah stick it together stick it together and stuff so well, that's great that you're bringing it back and say it's yeah it's very uh Definitely, and I just want it just means so much to a lot of the um, riders that that rode for Hotshot, or or my dad was, you know, influenced uh, Mm -hmm. their lives, you know, and people have said he, he, if it wasn't for him, Mm -hmm. you know, getting me on the team and stuff like that, you know, I I just don't know. A lot of riders went on to do great, great, great things, you know. Yeah, so um, yeah, there's always a he touched a lot of people. Mm -hmm. He may not have been a shove. But it was at least a touch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So generous, you know, and, and it's just really sort of quite sad that, you know, because I used to read um, comments like when I used to post stuff and um, about Hotshot and I used to read these comments to him and I just said to him, God, do you realise how... Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he, in fact, when she went... <laughs> here's the COVID story. <laughs> um, she was here February 2020. Mm-hmm. But her dad was super sick. I remember, yes. Okay. Yes. So she was going to go home for a month because he was going to pass mm-hmm. and come home. Well, she went home. And couldn't get back. At that time, she got stuck. Mm-hmm. So one day I said, you need to post something on your dad on, uh, what's it called? What's that site? Uh, the Your guys' site. It's the, God, what do they call it? What? The rad site. Oh, the we we are rad. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I told her to post something about her dad being sick. Yeah. And it just exploded. Yes, obviously. And she would go because she couldn't. She for the for the beginning you could go see him. Yeah. Uh, After a while, she would just stand out the window and see him. Mm -hmm. He was. He was. Yeah. This is basically. He 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 was in a hospice, um, and then they just shut the doors. I said you can't, you so know. Even get in. And do you know what? Me, there was a the back where he used to look out. There was a there was a there was a, a hedge and there was a farmer's field. And I thought, mm. yeah, sneak around there. Do you know what? I I was yeah. I walked up there and I used to phone the nurse and say, can you get him to look out the window? And I could, you know, sort of waving or holding his dog. Yes. Yeah. So, where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. You know and. Um, so yeah, it that's was good. You could do that. But before that, when we first did that post, she would go in and read the comments to him. Oh. And yeah, he'd you know, I always remember because, as I say, Tony Way. Um, I know he's not in great health at the moment, and he's part of the Hot Shot family and always will. But I remember saying to my dad, "You remember Tony Way?" And he he mumbled. He said, "Yeah, the animal." And that's what, that was his nickname. Okay. Because we was watching Tony race before we even picked him up on Hotshot. And there was a guy there, Malcolm Tabard. And he had to, and he said, God, he's good. He's, he's an animal. He's an animal on that <laughs> track, you from. know. And that's, that's where it stuck. But yeah, my dad's, you know, he's, he's still new. I remember showing him. I think he knew more. Well, because was, he didn't, he didn't think that people remembered him at all. 
Yeah, and that's such a shame because there's so many people that have done this. And I'm talking, obviously, I know it's happened in America. And America do a good job of documenting the sport and the history. Obviously, USA, BMX, AB, them guys have, you know, just kept everything, archived everything. In England, it's not been done. So many people... um, like say like your dad I mean we could sit here and write a well, list of at, people look at the jacket he's got I've mm. still got the jacket and mm-hmm. like five years ago he said oh I don't want he said I'll oh, just just throw it away I said are you serious this jacket with all the patches on yeah that that was that patches that, thing was you guys you iconic. guys went crazy oh yeah exactly. yeah yeah but now that I look at back you guys raced a lot in the rain yeah yeah 90% of the time I know and, and, <laughs> And that was the funny part. When the U.S. guys came to do the Kellogg's things and it rained, mm-hmm. they would wig out. Yeah, they, yeah. You know, they did not enjoy that at well, all. Well, before that, the, the, the Americans, it was Greg Esser, uh, I can't remember who else came over now, but that, they came to Redditch. Uh, and they ran, and it absolutely poured yeah. down for days. You know what? And it was the just most muddiest time. And they just didn't know what to... They just... Well, they're from Florida, yeah. Greg Astro as well, to yeah. Do, you know? And I mean, they managed to get around. They did a good job and stuff, but... But that's when it's rained, the tracks were would be, you know, muddy back yeah. in the early okay. days. So for an American to go over there, especially if it's from California or Florida, it was, it was uh, like definitely a mud. culture shock, you yeah. know? Like, you guys do it in this. But that was all we knew, you know? So. But there's so many, as I say, like my dad's jacket, I've still got it. It's packed away. It's I'm waiting for the, the right moment to... Like I said, yeah. if you open that Hall of Fame, yeah. that's where I'm going to send it. Yeah, no, I think we'll hopefully get more organised and, um, you know, British Cycling. Um, I emailed a guy there just last week they just to try to, and... They need to do just something. To, just to, to, well, there is, a, there is, but it needs to be, it needs really to go back to the start. They need to mm. do it properly. And if they don't want to do that, then, um, yeah. you know, we're slowly, people are talking about trying to do something themselves. But it'd really be good if British Cycling got behind it and, and, and actually, um, you know, did the right thing and document and start at the start. Like, say, so can acknowledge a lot of those people, like, say, like your dad and yeah. so many people that if it, it you wouldn't have... Uh, a Charlotte Worthington or a Kai White, you know, Kai White yeah. and um, Beth, if it yeah. wasn't for people like your dad at the start that, um, you know, got it going in England, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, what year did you actually run into BMX? Uh, a, probably about 80. So you were, 80, there, you were there pretty early. I started racing in 82 and I'd already rode probably a year before that. So probably 80, yeah. Uh, probably what Christmas 80. What was track then? Uh, Nottingham Outlaws, Nottingham which was Nottingham. called Bunnies back then. Bunnies Bikes. Yeah, yeah, bike. yeah, Bunnies Bikes, Bunnies which is still, still going now. Still going know, now. It's had a revamp yeah. and uh, there's a healthy club. And uh, so, so yeah. But again, I am a historian. So I, oh, I love anything before. So I like to talk to Jane or, you know... I like anything before me because I've memorized everything from me onwards yeah. up to today. So yeah. I love still to find out anything new before me, you know. So that's why I um, I love to talk to, um, yeah, real people at this, the very I start. I always found that the Euros and people from England respected the sport way more back then mm-hmm. than we did in America. We kind of, it was just one of those things we did. Yeah, yeah. especially living in California. In 20 minutes, you're in the snow. 20 minutes, you're at the beach. Mm-hmm. 20 minutes, you're in the desert, you know? It's not like, you know, most places. Yeah, know? we're definitely diehards. And I think, like say, I think social media has helped a lot. Everybody connect. And then you see all the old stuff. And they just, like, say what the guys are doing with the book. And, um, you know, Ruffles always got... I talk to him still. You know, he's got loads of ideas in his head all the time. You know, maybe one day documentaries and stuff like that. So I think it's... There's enough people 
kind of just trying to put the puzzle together, yeah, you know, and we can get some backing and... I, I just I think British cycling should really get involved and and at least back something and and where it can get really like say America USA BMX ABA have done a great job of. of but uh, I think it's the just like USA cycling and British cycling they don't really respect BMX. No, no, it's they, definitely not high on their priorities. No, you know? they yeah. they still think of it as a kid sport and mm-hmm. the kids, but. They're so willing to take our athletes yeah. and put them on their teams. Yeah. Well, I think now, and again, I'm talking about England alone now. I think now they've got those medals. Maybe this, you know, it's obviously getting a lot of press right yeah. now. So hopefully, they will. These people in there will dive back and kind of look at some of that old old, old stuff. And, and it's been and great help seeing like some um, cool stuff, you know? the amount of um, postings like from uh, BMX tracks clubs saying, mm-hmm. you know, hi, you know, I've seen quite a few. Come along to our, you know, practice session or, you know, come along. And I support. think in England alone, they were saying it was up 20, 30% already. Oh, I, since I can't the imagine yeah. it is. Bikes. Yeah, yeah, Especially no bikes. Girls. Yeah. girls. Girls is your, that's an un, unused uh, source of the BMX. Mm-hmm. The girls, if they, once they get into it and they realize it's an individual sport, but it's a team sport, and it's a sport where girls can compete with boys if they want to. Yeah. Or they can compete with girls, mm-hmm. and at a high, high, high level. Mm-hmm. So, it's uh, girls softball, girls, you know, things like that. It's to me, it's just like a secondary sport. When you can race and do things like that as a girl, I think that's it builds up a girl's confidence, yeah, makes yeah. them feel stronger. Absolutely, yeah. But, and they, like a lot of the, like, Lee Donovan, mm-hmm. she was a little BMX girl that mm-hmm. hung out at Orange. Look at her. She went to the World Championship, became a mountain biker, and, you know, made plenty of money. Yeah, they all know? start. They all, all start. Oh, it's a great foundation for, yeah. for any cyclist is BMX, and we've seen it, and we're starting to see it a lot now, you know, as they go off. Go off in, I mean, Chris Hoy was the biggest example of that, oh, yeah. coming from BMX and yeah. going on to, I think, it was six or seven gold gold medals in track you know and yeah. it still it still gives bmx a nod so i have a lot of respect for him he still yeah, talks no, about it mentions it good um all right let's wrap it up guys okay, yeah yeah final thoughts uh, so where you, you're heading up to orange county you said after this visit family oh, visit mom yeah and then yeah. Uh, back to arizona after that oh heck yeah can't wait to get back there <laughs> yeah, but what how hot is it there right now it, it it's been in the 90s for the last couple because it's monsoon season mm-hmm. like at 11 at night it pours for about four hours they've right. had the worst monsoon seasons for a long time haven't they yeah it's been it rains like every other day mm-hmm. and it rains for a couple minutes and it goes away but i think this week it's going to be it's in the hundreds yeah i think it was um, going to be 105 all week something like that oh my gosh but it's not it's not like that it's because like i said you live in an air-conditioned house you have an air-conditioned car all the buildings are air-conditioned so anywhere you go you were only out in the heat for a little while. Yeah, yeah. And the evenings, it's 80 degrees outside. It's comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's not like it's bad. And you could take a walk. Yeah. I always used to say, you used to, Robert, you say, oh, it gets really hot. And I said, oh, bring it on. I <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm the same as you. Know, you. I don't you know, complain about the heat. Yeah, yeah. We, 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 as soon as we yeah. get this sun, we're out there. You know, we're white. And yeah. we're just like, you know, suffer later. Yeah, we don't complain yeah. about God, it was It was hot, but we didn't have air conditioning at the time, did we? we oh, well, we, we had a swamp cooler. When she we first bought the new house... She 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 pretty much bought the house. She went and looked it up, and I told her it's just a swamp cooler. It's not an air conditioner. She's been living with me in the air conditioning house. 
Oh, it'll be fine. This lady told her it'd be great. And I said, you've never lived in a swamp core. You know, I've lived in a swamp core. So we moved into the house. I think it was probably four weeks later. I need an air conditioner today. And it wasn't a, a big... Yeah, it wasn't a big difficult because it was already all set up for it. All they had to do is put the... But my God, just, after, just like having it in, installed and switched on, like literally the next day was just... It was. It's probably nice being out here as well. Oh, it's got a little breeze. Oh, it's a little is, breezy yeah, for you it. guys. It's been yeah. not too hot this week, so yeah. it's been good. Okay, like I say, Thank you're you. revamping Hot Shot and stuff. If people want to check it out, I know a lot of old school people yep, listen be to some this. So, collectible shirts out there coming soon. You got a website or anything yet, or just um, Facebook? I'm working on it, just Facebook. So, yeah. You got a Hot Shot Facebook page? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll but they can contact either one of us okay. on Facebook and we'll point them in the right direction yeah yeah look forward to see what you guys are doing great to uh you're keeping the refiring up the uh the heritage yes and yeah. uh, look forward to seeing and that i think right like in england i think right now that uh, with the olympics and the world that the excitement is there yeah so if you could jump on board and expand that excitement yeah yeah absolutely there's places yeah. to go yeah, yeah absolutely you know and here in the u.s the sport is really growing mm-hmm but it's still, people have got to realize it's still a niche sport. Yeah, no, it, it yeah. always will be. And I think yeah. we have to not fight it that it's yeah, going to be something. What, what It, it yeah. is what it is. We've got to make it the best it can be, you know? Yeah, so. I, I just still think we need to uh, involve or Supercross and Motocross. And BMX is like the little brother of that. Mm -hmm. We need to put ourselves in that same category. Yeah. Drag some of their people over because... Most of the riders, pro riders, mm -hmm. were former BMXers. Absolutely, yeah. You know, and they still uh, just uh, the last motocross two weeks ago before the Olympics, they asked a lot of the riders, "What's your favorite sport in the Olympics?" Half a dozen said BMX. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, like Marvin. Marvin always brings up uh, uh, Martin, uh, He's uh, with Joris, Joris, yeah, right? because yeah. they're buddies. Yeah, you know, he was like, "Oh, I can't wait to see Joris and the mm -hmm. thing," you know. And then Connor, he works with a lot of the motocrossers. Yeah. He's uh, Christian, Craig. Christian Craig's mentor. Yes. And I guess he's working with a couple other riders and stuff like that. So we need to blend these two sports together uh -huh. to grow these two sports. Yeah, no. Because I'm... literally, we have a different language than most people. Right. Like when we go to the BMX races, we're talking this language that most people don't realize that is different. And if you go to the motocross races, it's the same language. Yeah, yeah. And you'll look at the people, t-shirts, shorts, you know, they're, it's this... That's a culture, yeah. This culture. Yeah. And most people don't realize that. And if you go, like I go to a baseball game, I'm really uncomfortable. Or I go to, I'm, but I go into any BMX track or BMX race, I don't care where it is or what it is. We're... Yeah, yeah, we're a there. family, yeah. We're a family. We'll we have the same language, we... Think about the same things. We want the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's why why they say BMX for life. Yeah, absolutely. BMX. Well, we're definitely proving that, aren't we? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> I don't think we're we're going anywhere. Thank and you. And I want to thank you yeah. for no doing these because yes. my biggest problem with sport is the lack of history. Yeah. And I think you ask any of these little kids that are racing today, and you ask them about Stu, or you ask them about David Clinton, mm -hmm. or you ask them about Bobby Encinas, they have no clue who these people are. No. Well, the same reason why the Howie thing is so irks me so bad. Right. People really know his story and what he's done for this sport and mm -hmm. how he's changed it. 
People, he should have been there so much long ago. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. I think it's just got to keep, keep keep doing our part, you know, and podcasts, interviews. I think social media helps a lot. And uh, it's all what we're, it's not, no one's doing it for money. It's because it's passion. It's our yeah. history. And that's why I do it. And I enjoy talking to people like you guys. Because like I say, we've got that same bond. And I can go away from this and I've learned a little bit more today. Even English stuff, stuff I didn't know from Jane, you know. I thought I knew most of it. So Well, I can't wait. Uh. You said you had some BMX. Yeah, so let's go look so at some old... Mag- some, yeah, let's, let's have a cup of tea. Cup of oh, tea. no, you haven't got any tea. Coffee. <laughs> coffee. Let's have some coffee and go look at some old BMX magazines. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, guys. That was great. Cheers, Cheers everybody. Thanks for listening.